Huddle up. I cannot wait. It's time for the Brian Gregory Show. Look out! USF men's basketball coach Brian Gregory joins play-by-play man Jim Lighthall for a look at what's going on with the Bulls. Always great to spend time with you on the illustrious worldwide radio show. You'll hear from one of the Bulls' assistant coaches as well as the players. One-handed dunk! Now with BG, here's Jim. Welcome into the Brian Gregory Show, second show of the year. Jim Lighthall along with the head coach, BG, himself. Coach, uh, first of all, thanks for doing this. Uh, we'll probably slip in one more show around the Christmas time, maybe just after Christmas, because you got a lot of games coming up, a lot of travel coming up, some unique stories that we'll get to as well. But uh, you've played some games already. You've played uh, a lot of basketball as you get into this month of December, and Things are starting to happen quickly here. Yeah, you know, it, it, we've talked about it. Just a, a, such a dramatic change in college basketball in terms of so many games in November, uh, and then you, you get about a week off because of finals. But then you got to load up the rest of December as well. Um, and and you know, with with us and so many teams around the country incorporating all these new guys. Um, I think one of our biggest keys, and I think it, 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 we're, we're no different than a lot of teams, is we have to keep sticking with the process, keep sticking with, you know, on a daily basis, what are we building, and th- then you compete in the games, and then you take a look and you evaluate, and you see what you're doing well and what you're not doing well, and hopefully work on those things you're not doing as well. Um, and then just keep working on the connection amongst the team, you know, I think we're far ahead uh, in terms of that connection on the defensive end than I thought we would be, and we're not quite there on the offensive end. Finishing that offensive possession with the basket, you know, we're, we're, we're taking care of the ball better than we've ever taken care of the ball. We're just not shooting the ball very well right now, and, and obviously that's the name of the game. But to our guys' credit, when you're incorporating nine new players uh, into your program, one of the biggest keys is when, when the, the reward of making shots isn't happening, are they still competing in those other areas? And our guys are doing that. And that's going to bode well for us down the road. Yeah, it's an ever-evolving process throughout the course of the season. But you're about 20 to 25% into the season, believe it or not, already. And right now you're looking at a top 20 defense. I asked you the other day in the hotel about the defense and how surprised you were to be in the top 20 in points allowed and shooting percentage allowed, how surprised are you? I, I'm surprised. I, I am. Now, we, we've changed some of the stuff because our personnel has changed. We're, we're, we're maybe a little faster, slighter, longer on the perimeter. Um, so we've had to change some coverages. But the credit, I, I, my staff has done a great job in terms of scouting and preparation, which is a big part of your defense. But give the guys credit uh, to get – all the new guys to buy into the defensive philosophy and that we understand it's going to take us a while to get kick-started on the offense. And in the meantime, we got to keep building our defense. The guys have done a tremendous job of not only buying in, but really taking a great pride in that. They, they, they really do. And, and that's going to, again, as I said, bowl wells for the, for the future. But you got to look at the three returning guys uh, in Caleb, Chap, and, and Russell have done a great job of really acting as kind of the ringleaders to everybody understanding that in this league in particular, the best defensive teams are always 
in the upper half of the league and have successful teams. And so that's something that we got to continue to build on. I know you're still trying to figure out the three-point shooting. You're trying to figure out the free throw shooting. And everybody can, you know, watch a game and go, why don't they just practice free throws more? Why don't they just shoot more threes? It's not that easy. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, obviously, you know, the biggest one right now in the free throw line that's, that's you know, uh, that we got to keep working on is, is Caleb because he gets to the free throw line more than anybody else. Um, you know, and and he hasn't shot the ball well. He'll be the first to admit it. We're working on him, and he's, believe me, he's spending a lot of time on it. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. And then always evaluate the threes. Are, are we taking good shots? And in the six games that we've played, ten bad shots maybe, you know what I mean? Uh, where I thought maybe we, you know, forced it or, or whatever. That's a pretty good percentage, especially with new guys that, you know, all want to play well, all want to be successful, uh, all want to score. I mean, let's be, be blunt about <laughs> it. They all do. Uh, and I have no problem with that, you know. And, and so I, I, I think we're, we're striking a pretty good balance. We haven't taken nearly as many over the last few games. That number has dropped because I think guys are understanding maybe we can get to a second driver and a next pass or give up a good one for a great one. And, again, all those things, you have to stay at it. You have to be adamant about this is how we're going to be successful, whether you're getting the the, 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 the – realistic justification and the and the tangible evidence right now you just got to stick to it and I think our guys are going to do that you mentioned Caleb Murphy and coach I don't care if the kid takes another three-pointer the rest of the year because the pull-up jumper from 17 feet is virtually unstoppable yeah he's you know I give him credit now you know we 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 talked about a lot in the spring and he's worked his tail off on that you know and what's going to happen now is a 19 20 year old kid that 17 footer in another year is going to be 21 feet, and then down the road is going to be 23 feet because it, it's it's a well-balanced, great lift, great hand release shot. Just needs to keep working on it to increase that range, and and it's a it's a uh, it's a shot that within our offense he can get a lot, you know, and 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 shooting at a at a 50% clip on that shot right now, which is really good for a guard. Uh, you've played your first true road game of the season at Boston College. We'll recap some games coming up. The Auburn, Hampton, and BC games have all been played since we last did a show. But uh, real quick, I don't think people really realize what a huge undertaking this is to take 30, 35 guys um, on a road in an airplane with hotels to keep them all corralled and in one place and fed and focused maybe more so than anything else on a game. Yeah, you know, and, and again, you always want to play a couple, and obviously, we, we, you know, we'll go down to Sunrise and, and, and play Florida road game on a neutral site, obviously the Hawaii trip. Um, but, yeah, going, going on the road is always a, uh, always a challenge because there's just so many different distractions that you don't get when you're at home. You know, and, and again, I thought our guys' preparation was really good. I thought our focus was really good. Our defensive game plan, those guys did a really good job in that. Their two centers hit three threes had not been shooting and making those at all, give them credit. But they, they had to, you know, maintain that lead, making some plays that they weren't accustomed to making. So defensively, I thought our guys were really good on that. And, and when you go on the road, it does take a little extra. There's no doubt about it. And guys have to understand that. And, and we're going to play nine road games in this league. And it doesn't matter where you're playing. 
you have to be at your very best. And, and your best has to include a focus and a discipline and a sharpness in everything that you do. Some coaches say that they like to take their team on the road because it builds continuity, it builds camaraderie. Uh, are you, do you subscribe to that? Because, listen, you're living, sleeping, and eating together, and then you get on a bus and go to the game, get on a bus, come home from the game, and then you're all together in an airplane. You know, I, I, I always say this, you know, the, 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 and I've been fortunate, blessed uh, to be part of some great teams, you know, as a head coach, as an assistant coach, um, beyond wildest expectations. Those teams that have always been successful – we're not only great road teams, but they were player-led teams, not coach-led teams. Mm-hmm. And when you're on the road, it gives a greater opportunity for those players to start leading because great teams are built in the locker room, on the bus, on the airplane, in the hotels, in the film room, when they get together uh, on their own and have meetings and stuff like that. That's where – great teams, you know, are built and happened and and blossom. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing now, it becomes even more important, Jim, because we got all these guys are coming, you know, we're we're not, you usually have six, seven, eight guys that have been in your program Mm -hmm. a couple years and you add three, four, that that ain't the way it's going to be anymore. You know what I mean? And so those guys really taking ownership in terms of their ability to influence each other in a positive way is critical now. We'll take a break here in just a second. One more quick question before we start recapping some of the games. Corey Walker update. You told us a couple games ago he was available to play. Uh, He still has not played yet. What is his status? You know, again, you go through different phases. Missed six weeks of practice. Um, And prior to those six weeks of practice, the four weeks prior, he missed about a week and a half. so he's available to play, wasn't ready to play. Okay. You know what I mean? I think he's ready now. He's had 10 days now of practice or 10 days of every day doing something. Uh, pretty good in terms of understanding what we're trying to get done. Um, you know, so when the opportunity comes, I think he's, he, he'll be ready for it. And, and as I said, um, it's really hard for new guys. And then when you add miss time, it makes it even more difficult. Um, but I like the progress he's made. And one of the things that was really important to me was to get the report back from Greg Bird, our great trainer, uh, and David Land, our, our strength conditioning coach, who did an unbelievable job. Both those guys said Corey, during his time out, worked his tail off and did a great job and was on time and got the rehab and got the extra strength, got the extra conditioning. He's in better shape now than when he got injured. Uh Lost about 12 pounds as well, which was critical for him. So he he's put himself in good position, and when the opportunity comes, I think he'll be ready for it. Certainly looking forward to that. Certainly looking forward to his USF debut. Take a break. We'll come back with more on the Brian Gregory Show right here on Bulls Unlimited. More with BG and Jim Lighthall on USF Bulls Unlimited. Welcome back to the Brian Gregory Show. Talking with the Bulls head coach, BG, as we like to call him around the offices. Austin P. on December 14th. So a little bit of a break in there. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Coach, let's recap the three games that you played since the last time we did uh, one of these shows. We'll go back to the Friday night at Amelie Arena. 
when the Bulls played Auburn, ranked 21st in the country. First of all, start with the environment. I just thought it was a, it was a great setting. What a great idea to even play down there. Yeah, you know, uh, give credit on that one to, to Michael Kelly. Uh, we had talked about maybe playing a game down there, fit in well with the SEC tournament being down there. Um, you know, last year we were supposed to play at Auburn, and this was supposed to be the second game. So we get the great pleasure of going to Auburn next year. Uh, but a great idea, and what a great event, atmosphere, environment. I said the, the, the people at Amelie did a tremendous job of hosting us. And a, and a great big shout-out goes to our marketing people, our facilities people, getting a court down there, doing all that stuff. That the, the social media stuff that was out driving the game and different things like that, it created a, a buzz. It really did. And I think they were proud of their work, and they should be, because it, uh, it was very well done. And it was, I always judge it by the energy it, it creates amongst our players. And they were jacked up and juiced up and ready to go, no doubt about it. Well, it certainly showed when the game started, because you raced out to a big lead in that game. In fact, uh, you were up 25 to 10 at one point. I thought your energy was amazing coming out of the locker room. Yeah, you know, and we, uh, you know, I think our guys understood that that's the type of team that's going to try to maybe punch you in the face right away and and knock you out, uh, and, and they weren't going to have that, you know. And um, they're they're top 20 in the country for a reason. They're they're ultra talented, play extremely hard. Um, do some things that are going to give everybody trouble because of their length and quickness and ability to protect the rim. Uh, but they're really well coached, too, so they don't get out of sorts. And um, they're one of those teams. They just, for 40 minutes, they're going to play Auburn basketball. And we had we had a, two lulls in there where we didn't take care of the ball as well as we needed to. And then, you know, it, it, it's hard as a coach, you know, they show the guys the film to have – 60 defensive possessions, let's say. I don't know the exact number, but around that. And to show them three or four where the only time the coverage wasn't what we needed, they scored on. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're good. Because when you any time you make a sliver of a mistake, they take advantage of. We got to make a couple free throws. We got to make a couple open shots. Then it's different. But, but again... You use that early season game like that to evaluate not only where you're at, but maybe where you can get to and what you're going to need to get there. I didn't think they suffocated you with the full court pressure, but they sped you up. And that's that, that's what good teams do. It just you're taking quicker shots, you're making quicker passes, and that sometimes leads to disaster. Yeah, and it, what it did, it, it, there was less turnovers because they actually had more turnovers than we did. And when I, when I told one of our great fans that they they were flabbergasted they couldn't believe it and I said yeah you got to check the stats you know but what they did do is 10 12 possessions they were in control of our offense mm. we didn't turn it over but we weren't running our team we and, and no one in particular just we weren't running our stuff they got us out of sorts we took quick shots as you said uh, or or worse not worse but even more hurtful for us we had a good shot and we rushed it and those 10 11 possessions that you do that I'm not saying those are turnovers but they definitely give the advantage to Auburn and that's exactly what happened 
You lost that game 58-52. Then you turned right around on the 24th of November, played Hampton, beat them by the same score, 58-52. This was a game that uh, kind of came down to the wire. You hit some big threes late uh, that propelled you to the win. Yeah, you know, I thought defensively the whole game we were we were really good and, and, and uh, came out in the second half and had a chance to kind of maybe extend that lead. And, and, and the, the only disappointment I had was we didn't do that. And we had couple defensive breakdowns that, that when we're up eight and now they make it back to five or up six and it goes back to three. But our guys did a good job. Our pace was a little better that game. They went really small. And so we had to adjust because we struggled guarding their small smaller lineup. And we struggled scoring because now they were switching everything. So us going to a smaller lineup really helped us in the last six, seven minutes of that game. Javon Green, uh, I thought, was just sensational. Ten points, five rebounds, four assists, six steals, tied his career high, got one late there to, to seal the game. We'll talk to Javon a little bit later on in the show, but just strikes me as the kind of kid that just loves being around basketball. Yeah, and he, he, he played, you can tell he plays like that. When We'll talk about the, the Boston College game in a minute, but that him getting that early foul trouble really hurt us. We need him on the court. You know, he knows that it's, he's going to play about 30 minutes. Uh, depending on where we're at, um, because he, he can help us in every way you need. He's going to make shots. His shooting percentages are good. He's our best free throw shooter, um, leads us in steals. He's got to get his assist to turnover ratio a little higher, but he causes some havoc on defense. Different defensive player than LaQuincy, mm. but every bit is disruptive, you know. Um, He's so long. Yeah, he, he's long. He's got great anticipatory skills, and he and he and and he doesn't bulldoze you defensively like Q did, you know. But but he he's still a pest, you know. And and he sniffs stuff out early. And like Q, I get mad at him because sometimes he's a little bit out of position because of it. Uh, but I've greatly matured in my coaching in terms of being able to let guys be who they are, um, and then when they hurts us they get their butt chewed and then we move on together that's the kind of way it, it works and even after six games Javon has figured that out so Monday night was against Boston College lost that one 64-49 but you had it down to 46-42 in the second half just seemed like you couldn't get the stop when you needed the stop yeah you know no, the, the, the whole game four six seven points and we get it down to four like you said with six minutes to go two things that stood out in 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 the game their physicality on the perimeter was disruptive to our defense, their ability to get in the paint and kind of just use that size and strength to get in there. But where I thought it really hurt us was our, our ability to move, cut, and keep the ball moving offensively. I thought we did not have the same half-court or full-court pace that you need to have. Um, and I think their physicalness was, was a big key to that. And, and because of that, there's a frustration. And, I, and, and you know, it's something we got to learn from and mature from. We, it, it's hard to play well in a frustrated state of mind, and they frustrated us. Much different than, than Auburn, mm. you know what I mean? But every bit is effective. And, uh, you know, missed a, a gazillion shots around the rim. Mm. That when you're on the road, you got you got to finish. Um, I, you and I have talked about this. We hold them to a very low shooting percentage. Now the last three minutes got away from us a little bit. Okay, 
we out rebound a team that's been that is plus ten on the glass, playing against Rhode Island and and some good teams, Utah. Um, we get 15, 16 offensive rebounds. The effort definitely was there. The intensity of play was definitely there. We need to turn that into some points. We need to turn that into some easy points. And when we get easy points, we need to finish those plays. And now you go on the road and you steal a big win. And, I, you know, it, when we get to that point where we're good enough to do those things, then those are the games you're going to win. And then – they turn a really good season into a great season. And that's the progression that we have to continue to move forward on. Plenty of basketball coming up for the Bulls. We will take a look ahead at Austin P, the Orange Bowl Classic, and the Diamond Head Classic, all that coming up. Coach, we just recapped those games. Let's listen to some of the highlights from the Auburn game, Hampton, and Boston College. And then we'll go to break here on the Brian Gregory Show on Bulls Unlimited. Caleb Murphy with it now. He's got Berman on him. Crosses over, comes back to his left, goes behind the back, stops and pops from 17 feet. And that one is good, and Caleb Murphy has found his home. I'm telling you, Caleb Murphy has looked spectacular. Here's Murphy, pull-up jumper baseline. That's a little bit too strong. Tipped by the Bulls, and Chiwa kept it alive. Green, three ball, top, good! An offensive rebound, and it pays off, and the Bulls have their largest lead. Here come the Bulls in transition. Five and a half to go. Murphy dribbles to his left. They cut him off. He's going to fire from straight on, and that one's good. Caleb Murphy is dialed in, and the Bulls lead by 15. Kicks left side. Smith wide open for three. Let's it fly. Good. Auburn has their first lead. That was McCreary. Rebound Auburn back the other way for a dunk. Joey, they are really rolling right now. Rebound Auburn, and that's the final. 58 to 52. The Bulls will fall to number 21 Auburn, but let me tell you what. Bruce Pearl knows what kind of a dogfight his team was in tonight. 24-21, our score at the half. Hampton leads USF. Left side to Bog. Loads up a three with one on the shot clock. Yes! And the pass is taken away by Javon Green. Between two guys. Here they come, three on one. Elliou crushes it! Green and Murphy playing above the rim, and the Bulls come out of the locker room like gangbusters. Down the near sideline it goes. Chaplin in the corner to Boggs. Loads up a three. Rattled it in! The Bulls with back-to-back -back buckets. They have the lead by two. Javon Green to answer. Fires. Hits. Yes, indeed. The left-handed assassin answers back, and the Bulls lead 53-51. Javon Green's coming up clutch. Very second free throw. That one rattles in. 54-52. Here comes Hampton back the other way. Under a minute to go. Both teams are one for their last seven. Long distance three by Dean. Misses, and a rebound by Jameer Chaplin. Brewery hands it back to his point guard. Murphy wants to go baseline. Guy flops. Murphy to the basket and lays it in on the rim. Javon Green will end up at the free throw line. I love that move. Works to perfection. That's exactly what you want. Switched it in. 58-52. Bulls lead. Ten seconds to go. Ball rolled into half court. And Green with a tip and a steal. And the guy who has done it all day has done it again. His sixth steal to match a career high. There's the horn. The Bulls win it over Hampton. 58-52. Zachary to throw it in. Finds a man on the baseline. That's Langford. His shot is blocked from behind by Jake Boggs. His second block of the game. Picked up by Jameer Chaplin. Kicks it in the left corner. Javon Green high arcing three. Good! A triple for Javon Green, and it comes in transition, which is what the Bulls scorched Hampton with, Joey. 19-0 on Wednesday night. First time Boston College has trailed here at home this season. There it is. USF on top, 5-3 with five consecutive points. Then Langford, spin move into the paint. A lot of contact there. Man down for USF is Javon Green. 
He already has one foul. Is this one on him as well? It is, which means he's probably headed to the bench. And this is something we have not seen this year. No, that's going to change uh, Brian Gregory's approach here for the first half. Elevates from 18. That one is good. And that is where Caleb Murphy has been making his living this year. Caleb Murphy beats everybody off the dribble and gets in there for a two-handed slam. He's done that a few times this year. Just an explosive move to turn the corner and get to the rim. USF cut it now to three. It was eight at one point in the first half. But make that a 16-5 to five run. Close the game by BC. Langford backs it out near midcourt. They will shoot it one more time. Pass inside to Pickerstaff, and they get a dunk. A lot of easy buckets late. BC wins it 64-49. USF plays their first true road game of the year. They were right there, down four with a little over six minutes to go, but a big push by the Eagles at crunch time ends up giving them the win. USF drops to three and three. Boston College improves to five and three. Back to the Brian Gregory Show on USF Bulls Unlimited. All right, just heard the highlights there from the three games the Bulls have played recently, Auburn, Hampton, and Boston College. Jim Lighthall along with Bulls head coach Brian Gregory. Final segment with the coach, we have Jason Slay, assistant coach, coming up, and then also Javon Green to round out this week's show. The next game is December 14th at home against Austin P. I would think as a coach and as a staff, that stretch between the 3rd and the 14th would be extremely stressful because you're not taking tests, but you're worrying about all your team taking tests and exams and finals. Look, you recruit good kids and good students, but you got to make sure they're they're doing their work in the classroom. And if they don't, they don't play. Yeah, you know it's funny. So many things have changed in, in college basketball, but also among universities. Um, we have finals week. Back in the day, you guys had four or five finals. Times have changed with the computer and online stuff and all these different things. It, it, it's every bit as important, but how it's, how it's implemented has dramatically changed. Papers turned in online, which drives me crazy. <laughs> Tests done online, all these different things. So it is, it's a little different. There's no 8 a.m. finals at, at, at you know, Hubbard Hall. You know what I mean? Back in the day, you used to have to adjust your practice schedule around people's tests and everything. Not, not the case anymore. Not, not as much. Yeah. Not, not nearly as much. Not nearly as much. But there's still the importance. We always talk about if you've done your work the first 15 weeks, the 16 weeks shouldn't be. But you always have every guy has one or two grades. Do a little better at, really make a push at the end, that grade's going to move up, you know, and, and so forth. So... We, we'll give them Saturday and Sunday off to get ready for finals. We'll do uh, skill work, some review stuff, lifting. Monday and Tuesday, we'll give them Wednesday off. We'll go Thursday and Friday with a practice-type uh, scrimmaging-type situation. We'll give them Saturday off, and then we'll go on our normal two-day prep for Austin P. Um, I want to I give them some time off. They're not getting the normal time off over Christmas. Mm-hmm. So getting their bodies back is, is, is critical as well. And then you know, even though you didn't study much in college, the finals can drain you, you know what I mean? And getting those papers in, getting those tests done. And like you said, Jim, we have an unbelievable academic facility, unbelievable in the Fishman Center. Uh, we have unbelievable academic support and services for our guys. Our guys know that as a head coach, I know every one of their classes. I know what their grades are. I know what they're doing. They, they ain't messing around. And our guys have done it, have always, you know, since we've been here. Uh, the academic piece is something that's important. So our guys know, you know, our, our, 
our semester goal for our team year in and year out is a team GPA of 3.0 or higher. And we've accomplished that many times and we're on track to do it again. I do want to talk about the exempt multi-team events. Um, you're going back to the Orange Bowl Classic to face the 14th ranked Florida Gators. That'll be on December the 18th. Uh, you were there a couple of years ago, played Florida State. Coach, I still think you had them beat that day. You probably think the same thing. And then to the Diamond Head Classic in Honolulu, which the Bulls have played in quite a few years ago. What a great experience that was being there for. Uh, listen, there's tougher jobs than being in Honolulu for eight days uh, at a time, but, but you'll be there the 22nd, 23rd, and 25th with games. But these games are important because you get a chance for some non-conference games and quick turnarounds. Yeah, and, and you know, I said about the Orange Bowl Classic, we were playing that every year. We're just really smart. We're, the year we play Florida State, they're top 10 in the country, and now, now we play Florida, and they're, you know, 17th in the country. Uh, but, it, you know, to play the University of Florida or play Florida State or play if Miami's in it, that, that opportunity you can't pass up. we got a great alumni base down there. We're going to have a lot of fans there, which is going to be fantastic. Um, and then, as you said, Diamond Head Classic now has a sponsorship with our league. We're going to have a team from our league in that tournament every year. Michael Kelly, who's always ahead of the curve when it comes to let's put South Florida – in the first, you know, first to do it, first to do it, first to do it. So we're the first ones going out there, which is great. Um, and as you said, there's tougher spots to be in. But, you know, the one thing, too, is, you know, part of the experience of, of playing at the University of South Florida that I want our guys to, to understand is to do things that they may never do again. I've been to Hawaii three times. Every time it's basketball-related. I've never been there for funds and giggles you know what I mean it's it's been work and and how many times you get to go over there so it, it, it's a once in a lifetime experience for a lot of these guys and for all the coaches as well you go over there like every other year to play golf and hang out but we don't get to do that so you know for us it's a great great opportunity uh not that excited about playing a top 25 team in the opening opening round but it, again you take those you see them as opportunities for growth. You see them as opportunities for evaluation. And I always say it's how you respond in those situations. And we're going to be better then than we are today. And we got to make sure that whatever, when we go out there and play, when, 10 days later when we start conference play, that we're a much better team. Well, Coach, I appreciate the time as always. Uh, and again, a lot of basketball still to go. Obviously, we just rattled off uh, six more games that are coming up uh, here in the month of December. So uh, we'll talk to Jason Slay, the assistant coach, in just a moment, and then Javon Green. But, Coach, uh, always a pleasure. We'll sit down here in a few weeks, and we'll recap some of these games that we just talked about. You got it, Jim. Thank you. All right, that's Bulls head coach Brian Gregory. We will continue on with the Brian Gregory Show right after this on Bulls Unlimited.